Welcome to the Points League. I'm your host, Commissioner Sean Murphy. With me this evening is the elusive Adam Bartley Witten. Welcome back to the program, Adam. We're pleased to have you on. Sean, thank you for having me. It is always a treat to be with you talking baseball, life, football, but just talking to you. I'm excited to be here, Sean. I feel exactly the same way. You look prepared. You look like a, like a gamer right now. You've got your headset on, your hat on, you got your Patagonia. You look ready to rock and roll. Your beard is flawless. Like I, before we came on, I was commenting to Adam that like he has no gray in his beard, which I think is like bizarre for someone your age. Cause like I have like gray, like coming in, like if I grow this out, like it's actually like, like white, like when it, when it comes in, not that I have a beard very often, but yours almost looks like it's dyed. Like, like you would see like a, a professional, like football player, like have. So like it, it's come in like thick and well colored. Well, thank you. I can confirm that this is au naturel. Um, we get a you know couple on the chin, little whites coming in. Um, I actually got more on the top of my head, which you can't see, but I blame the kids on that one. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I guess everyone will probably see this, but next next week I turn 37. So for a 37-year-old man, I am pretty confident that the grays will be staying away for a while maybe just a couple strand here there which i am perfectly fine with yeah so you are a, you're strong all, all around in the follicle game my friend <laughs> thank you you're well welcome. this coming from the guy who sends me a picture when he's over in europe of a stone statue that reminds me of adam witten's flow i mean that, <laughs> that that's where we started it from so it's always a positive from that perspective Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, yeah. So let's see. Yeah. Next week is, I think it's the 17th is your birthday. That is correct. Yes. I just remember, like, it's weird. Cause like I, I have different things to remember different people's birthdays and yours is kind of easy. Cause I know it's right around Valentine's day. Um, yeah. and, uh, and, and like literally the most miserable month of the year, February. Um, so lucky you. Yeah, I always was the uh, I was always the lucky kid who had his birthday off in school. President's Day weekend always fell during that week, so I that's the the saving grace for me. You know, he's get the extra day off of school. So, go America, go President's Day. <laughs> um, so, but we'll also see you um, here in about a month um, in the the Phoenix trip, the Arizona trip. Uh, gonna have the auction uh, going to the WBC. I'm very pumped about that. Um, quick update there that I wanted to provide to the group yesterday. I sent out kind of the cost per person. So like the housing for the Airbnb, as well as the ticket, um, the, the, I was anticipating that we would have eight based on conversations that I had prior to that. Unfortunately, Matt is bowing out of the trip. So we're going to be down to seven in the house. So that'll be six people from the league. And then also my buddy, Mike, who I think many of you have met over the years, um, it will also have Will in town. So I think we'll see Will um, probably for the auction. Um, and then I believe at the game as well. He's got family um, in town that weekend. Um, but we should see him uh, quite a bit. So I'm excited for some of you to meet him. Will's a great baseball guy. Um, I think a lot of you will connect um, pretty well with him. You've met him. We've played, you've played poker against Will yeah. um, seven or eight years ago, something like that. So um, it'll be good for... For guys to connect with him um, and then lastly um, oddly enough the uh, the guy who runs the, the Airbnb reached out to me 
out to me today and was trying to get me to buy an extra day at like significant discount. Um, and obviously we don't really have the people um, <laughs> to, to pay for even a 50% discount and no one's changing their flight as far as I know. So um, I told him we were gonna pass on that, but I did um, confirm, him, confirm with him that uh, we also want the pool heated while we're there. Um, so we'll have the hot tub and the pool um, heated. So that'll be nice. Um, and then the other benefit of having one less person is more bed space. So um, just some quick updates there. Uh, the total cost, I should mention, uh, will now be $334 um, for the trip. That's not including dues. Um, so with Matt bowing out, it was about uh, 35, 34 additional dollars um, per person that's going. Um, so quick update there. Um, any so are you, still, oh, are you still getting there on Thursday? I am. So it'll be Tim and I uh, getting in Thursday. We get in about the same time. I think he gets there a little earlier than I do. And we are going to be staying at Talking Stick Resort, um, which is a casino. Okay. Um, and like, it, it's a pretty big casino um, from, from what I can see. Um, I know they're doing a lot of Super Bowl festivities this weekend. Um, that is where I would... Uh, expect most of you to go after you arrive is to meet up with us there. We can keep your stuff in our room as long as they let us or we can check it in. And then once everyone gets there, we'll hop across town um, over to the Airbnb right around four. Um, I think it's about a, a 30 minute Uber ride, um, which shouldn't be too bad with five or six people splitting it. Um, so really easy there and you know, we can, there's a lot to do um, obviously gamble. Um, I think it's actually really close to one of the uh, spring training sites as well. So that's an option um, where we can just hang out. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll call it, you know, as we see it um, once everyone gets there. But um, yeah, I would guess that um, that'll be kind of the, the touch point for everyone as they arrive. No, that's, that's cool because I'm taking the first flight out from Chicago at 5 a.m. So I saw that we can't take the Airbnb till 4. So that's perfect. So that logistically makes sense. That's perfect. So cool, cool. I love it. Yeah. Um, actually, I've been to Talking Stick before on a prior bachelor party weekend, and it's a very nice casino. Um, huge, massive. Yeah, I, the poker room was really big. They had like 40 tables um, or something like that. And so that was that was a draw for me. And like, so, And I also told... If anyone did want to change their flight, um, I actually paid for the hotel basically with all points. Um, so, like, if someone did want to change their flight and get in Thursday, like, I mean, if you just want to get me some drinks, it's cool. But um, it's, you know, if, if anyone wants to come hang out with Tim and I and gamble, uh, that's what we're going to be doing pretty much all day Thursday after we arrive. So just throwing that out there uh, for anyone. But if not, um, that's cool, too. We'll see you on Friday. Did you get a, a direct flight or you have to connect somewhere coming from another country? Uh, I got a direct flight. Um, there we go. Yeah, actually, Air I can't remember. I, I think I'm flying out of Toronto. So, like, I'm equidistant from Detroit and Toronto. So, it's basically whichever one has the better, like, price for the most part. I would yeah. rather fly out of Toronto. I don't really like flying out of either of the airports. They're both, both miserable in their own way. Um, but... Yeah, if I could, if I can go through Toronto, I generally prefer that. But um, 
it is it is it's an awful airport um so it's big but it just doesn't it it just doesn't make any sense and yeah they just don't make good use of space um so yeah but it is direct um got it cool um switching gears back to the back to arizona the the world baseball game that's that's at what seven local time yeah Yeah, it's right around seven o'clock local time u.s versus great britain nice okay yeah and And then tickets for that I already purchased the tickets. Uh, that's included in the three thirty four. Um, oh, it got, is. Okay. Yeah, we've got pretty good, pretty good seats um, right down the right field line. Um, I think we'll be hanging out with the uh, recently traded Kyle Tucker. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we'll be we'll be right with him. Is is my uh, my assumption there? Um, but yeah, we're like seventh or eighth row. Um, yeah, so we'll be we'll have really really solid seats. Um, for the for the game, um, so it'll be really fun. Nice. Um, no, that's I'm, cool. I'm looking forward to that. That's gonna be good. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Very enthused. Um, and then I think you had you received your wedding invitation. I know a couple of you received that this week. Um, did you have any any sort of questions or anything about that? Um, comes with if you haven't received it yet. It's got the the date and the location and all the stuff that you would normally get. Also, has a QR code which is. Um, for like your meal. Um, so you can, you know, make any of your dietary restrictions known at that point in time. Um, but any, any questions there, Adam? Yeah. So we got the QR code. We signed up. We are all, we should be on your list to attend. Um, you are. The question that I had was, and hopefully maybe other people are thinking about this too, is like the flow of the weekend. Um, you know, when are people getting in? When are people leaving? And I would think a lot of people are driving just because. Yeah. I think you've said this. It's equidistant from Toronto or Detroit. Detroit. Still have to drive. So I would think a lot of the Midwest folk are going to drive. I mean, Allie and I are going to drive there. We've already decided that. So it's just trying to get a gauge from you on just general flow of the weekend. Um, yeah. So we can be there and maximize our time with you. We don't miss anything. Is ultimately what I'm trying to do. For sure, yeah, and I, I do think most people from like the Indiana, uh, Illinois area probably it would probably make more sense to drive. I think you'll just feel more comfortable kind of getting around because the location Grand Bend is actually an hour from here. It's right on Lake Huron, um, and it's like a it's like a resort. So like you'll get in, you'll park your car, and then you might not use your car the rest of the weekend, frankly, because we'll be right on the beach. There's a golf course. Um, there's a, you know, a small little town that's got, um, you know, lots of bars and and like restaurants that's, I guess, technically within walking distance. So like maybe you might need like a short, very short Uber ride. Um, but it kind of reminds me of the town. If any of you were on Chad Melinda's, uh, like, uh, summer, end of summer, um, trips, uh, the, the town's a little bit like that in Grand Bend. Um, so, you know, there's an opportunity to get away from those resort um, if you want to get a, like a bite to eat, to drink, um, it's a pretty cool scene. And then, yeah, it's a beach. I mean, it's, it's right on Lake Huron, which is obviously a massive lake. Um, and, uh, you know, our anticipation was, um, you know, people can enjoy, um, you know, Grand Bend and the resort at their leisure. We don't have anything really planned, um, the day of the wedding, the wedding's on a Friday. Um, I should also note that it's also on the week of 
can weekend of Canada Day. So um, anticipate a lot of fireworks in the evening. Um, nice. Yeah. In terms of when people are arriving, um, we anticipate that most will get in Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening, and they'll stay, like, I think some will stay through Saturday and leave, like, Sunday morning. Some will leave Saturday afternoon, and, like, it is, it's a really good opportunity, like, if you wanted to get to Toronto or if you wanted to explore Canada, um, or not Canada, but, well, yes, Canada, but, like, other areas in Ontario, um, you can do that. Um, so like, it's, it's a, it's a cool little spot. Um, I think most of you will come through Sarnia. Um, and I'll give like probably some more details, um, as we, we really approach the wedding in, in June. Um, but one thing I would advise when you're crossing the border, um, this is a small thing, but roll down your, um, back windows because it'll just make it seem like you do this all the time. Um, and they'll ask us questions at the border. Um, but generally speaking, the border border folks that we encounter are pretty easy to deal with. Just be 100% honest and uh, tell them you're here for a wedding, you're here for a couple days, and you'll be back. Don't bring a gun. Highly recommend do not pack a gun in your car. Um, or at least if you are, don't admit to it. That's pro tip. For yeah. Out there. Yeah, real don't pro tip. Don't bring a gun to Canada. Yes. Don't bring a gun in general. I right. own one, so it's fine. But pro tip. That's a, I'm glad you called that out. Because um, I was thinking about it. Yeah. I really was. And now I won't. I, I don't want to do that. The more you know. <laughs> uh, any, anything right. else? Hopefully that kind of captures it in a snapshot. Do we want, do, yeah, do Go we want to throw out the idea on... Because Friday's the day. Yes. Which I am pumped about. The day. is It's going down. Do we want to do something like... I don't know... The, either the points league or anybody like on Saturday, like a, like a breakfast or something just, well, I think, know. yeah, I think we'll, we'll get together. Like, I think there's a good chance that we'll go into the town for like breakfast or something like that. And like yeah. the, the wedding, this is not like a, a super big wedding by any means. I'm guessing we'll end up with right around 80 people, including the families involved. Um, so okay. like, if you're in the points league, you're going to pretty much always be surrounded by people from <laughs> the points league. Um, I really only invited about four or five other people um, like that are kind of exclusively on my side um, to the wedding. And then like there's a lot of like kind of mutual friends from the Indianapolis area. So like many of you have probably met a lot of them, like you've met Melanie um, or Darius um, or my buddy Yogi. Um, so folks like that um you'll you'll recognize um as well but um yeah I, I think it'll be really easy for people to kind of plan stuff together um i think probably the the question and i think some of you have answered this is like we, we did kind of leave it open to bring your kids because it is kind of a, a kid friendly environment um but like thus far like i no one has everyone seems to be on the same page that they're getting a babysitter and, and just making it an adult uh, weekend. Yes. Um, I've learned since I've had two dependents now, my children. Uh, um, it is tax season. Yes. Um, yeah, right. No, <laughs> it's the, the old, I, I learned this from a buddy, and it actually makes sense, that when you bring your kids, which kids are great, love kids, the vacation turns into a trip. And we know trip versus vacation, it's two different things, two different mindsets. So. 
Um, we will. We have already secured babysitting in the form of my parents. We coming from New Jersey to um, to babysit for that weekend. So um, we are going to be kid less to maximize our time Try, and celebrate your day. Child because, free. Child free. Child free. Um, mainly because you, as a parent, you're constantly looking over your shoulder, and if you're having a conversation with you, I'm half listening, half checking out what my son is jumping on or saying. So it's actually yeah. not ideal because it's about you, not about them. So um, we will be childless for this, but I do appreciate the uh, opening it up because most, some people in are they have the hard line saying of no kids allowed. Mm. It makes it easier for us, but then I think it puts other people in awkward situations because yeah. of whatever reason. So, yeah. yeah. No, that was very nice. Cool. But we chose to leave them here in Chicago. Get some quality time with the grandparents. Yeah. Yeah, and so, like, yeah, the, the wedding, the, the actual ceremony will probably be very quick. Very, very quick. Uh, and then we'll get into a uh, cocktail hour dinner, and then we've got a band um, that I'm looking forward to um, that'll be playing as well. So, uh, hopefully it'll be a good time here in about four yeah. and a half months. Yeah. And, uh, do you have yeah. any big things left that you have to do, or are you? We did the kind of the, at this point? the dinner tasting a couple weeks ago. Um, nice. Pretty standard stuff. Obviously, you can check out the RSVP for you know what you can eat. Um, I've got to get a suit, which I'll probably do here in the next couple weeks, and then get my alterations. Um, which like four, I think I'm a 42 regular across the chest. Um, but yeah, no, nothing like it's a pretty, it's pretty straightforward. Um, I don't, yeah, we don't have, we don't have a lot, a lot left to do. It's, it's basically just getting everyone's RSVP and then we'll make, you know, the, the dinner tables and all that sort of stuff. But there's oh, nothing, yeah. there's nothing too complicated about this. Like I think most of, uh, most of our focus is more on the, the party end of it and enjoying uh, the weekend in, in Grand Bend. So hopefully everyone will have a good time. And uh, what, um, if you have what any questions, suit are you going with, my friend? Um, I'm going. I'm, I kind of want to do like a. Uh, it's a basically like a, a blue a blue blazer. Like I'm kind of like thinking like L.A. like blue. Like if you know okay. that sort of thing. Um. So that's that's what I'm thinking about doing, um, but yeah. So that's uh, that's what we're going with. Not, it won't be anything too too crazy. Got it. Okay. I love it. I'll make sure not to uh, copy your color. I'll go something a little different. That's why I ask. All good. Wouldn't really care if you did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> move on to next topic um, with. Equal enthusiasm. Uh, Indiana University beat Purdue and Rutgers this week. Um, and it was probably, when I beat Purdue on Saturday, it was probably the most enthused I've been about watching IU basketball in probably a good eight years. Um, and as someone who really doesn't watch a whole lot of college basketball, I was, I, I was recapturing the, the passion I had as a, uh, as a college student at IU, just really hating Purdue. Um, unfortunately, we won. Um, big win against the number one team in the country. Uh, were you able to check out the game as well? 
I was, and I actually had the whole family watching with me. Um, I don't think I sat down for the first half, if I'm being honest. I was in my candy stripe pants and my red IU t-shirt and my red IU hat, and I was... You know what it reminded me of? Do you remember when we were at Habby's house, and I think it was when we hit that three-point shot? It was the uh, Watford shot? The Waffer shot, and yep. you and I ran out into the street, and then we ran down to, to Broad Ripple or whatever. Yeah. Like, that was the pure joy that I had when we won against Purdue. It, yeah, I agree with you. It was a little nostalgic, kind of brought back the, the, the old times. Um, it was also a little bit of, a little bit meant a little more this time because I have friends, like, I'm, all, I'm in another fantasy football league, and three fourths of the guys all went to Purdue. Oh. So. And I'm on that thread, and that thread was blowing up. And for me, as the only IU grad, it's like IU. So you're like the Rob Crab of that group. I am literally the Rob Crab because there's a couple guys went to Michigan State, and then the rest is all Purdue. And it was an old, it's an old roommate of mine who invited me in this league because one dropped out. I said sure. Um, and by the way, I won that league last year. So for everyone who thinks I don't win fantasy sports <laughs> leagues, I did win fantasy but football that league last year or this past year. So that was awesome. Aside that, but for me to be able to go on that thread and just say down goes number one, go Hoosiers, and have a nice meme. I think it was, I don't know if it was Yogi Ferrell or just a banner going across the crowd, mm. and then for them for them to just it, it was just silence. Like it it was amazing, you know. It was it was great, and then to follow it up with Rutgers because yeah. we got smoked at the rack, yeah. which the rack is a hard place to to win. I don't know why it is. But we needed that win for confidence because we did not. I didn't want the high of taking that away right. and lose to like. Uh, were they ranked? Yeah, uh, they were. They were twenty four. So if we would have lost to a twenty four team, like that's we can't do that. I mean, you would think that yeah. IU would be in the the top fifteen, provided they don't lose this weekend. I mean, those are huge wins, and yeah, I think it definitely shows a, a sign of maturity that they can come off. You know, I mean, we do have the emotion of beating Purdue. I mean, okay, if you look at our next, the the rest of the schedule for. February, we go at Michigan, at Northwestern. We got U of I home. Then we're at Michigan State, at Purdue, and we have Iowa home. So you got to figure if we can pull out, like we can, I, we need to beat, we need to win all of our home games for sure. I think the coin flip is when we go back to Mackey, go back to Purdue, um, and then Northwestern and Michigan. I think we need to win one of those two games. Obviously, Northwestern would be better. Michigan, they're not ranked, but it's hard to win. Um, on the road in the Big Ten in general, so it's it's not easy to wrap out February. I'll say that. Yeah, it just blows my mind that you know it feels like we're only it. Well, we are only a month away from the Big Ten tournament because I think it's being played while we're in Arizona. But like, there's yeah. so many games to be played um, over the course of the month. But yeah, it, it just seems like um, you know this is a really good period for IU. Um, which is really good considering how shitty it's been, you know, frankly, over the past 10 years, if we're being honest. Um, so, yeah, a lot, a lot to look forward to there. And uh, congratulations on your fantasy football victory on behalf of the points Thank league. You. We are happy Thank to see you. you have success in other <laughs> leagues. Um, even, well, even though I'm not, I'm, not in that, I'm not in the points league football league anymore. No, I'm not that. I mean, that this one was a, a lot of uh, 
forget who it was. It was the Giants wide receiver. I picked him up late that went off. Um, and then Dalton Schultz, the last, the second to last game of the season, just went off for me. And that propelled me into a little bit of Mahomes love. So it was boomer bust. And I, they, they hit when I, I mean, I was a 60 getting in too. So that's the best part. I snuck in with a win to get the 60. And then I had Derek Henry go down the next week. He didn't play, so I had to fill his spot. And so it wasn't like it was a cakewalk for me. So mm. I was pretty proud of myself with, the, with my ads, considering that we're talking fantasy baseball here a little bit. It's all about the ads. So you know, <laughs> it, I'll pat myself on the back for the ads in football. It doesn't translate to, bas- to baseball, but hey, maybe someday. it'll do this year. Who knows? Well, actually, it's a, it's a perfect transition into this weekend because your Philadelphia Eagles play the Kansas City Chiefs. And if I'm not mistaken, you had a, a bet with Rob in the NFC Championship oh. game. You, he told you about that? He tells me everything. Yeah. Do you want to? Um, I think you might be the only other person besides my wife who knows what picked it out. Um, and it is glorious. We, we, we did have some rules. I did tell you the parameters of the, of the bet, of the, of the, 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 of the bet. Did he tell you about it? He just said, like, T-shirt, but I don't really know anything other than that. So we, we agreed. We were thinking money. We were thinking I, – I threw out there a shame bet. I said if we're both going to be in Arizona, let's go with a shame bet. So we agreed on a T-shirt. I'm wearing a we Virginity that, Rocks T-shirt, like, yes, one of the nights. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> well, when you, when you and Krabby will be in good company because it'll be it'll be kind of actually a really nice shirt combo. But we agreed it can't be like a schmedium because no one wants to see my belly. Um, and it has to be and that, that's all it has to be the fact that XL so we agreed on the size, but everything else was off the like, off the table. So this is I don't know if you, you'll be able to see this, but that is what he's wearing. You see, I'm an Eagles girl in pink. Oh, that's that's very nice. Yes. I think that, so, that color will go really well with his face. Yes, I think so too. It'll make his eyes, blue eyes pop, and it'll be bright and loud like his personality and his hubris for when the 49ers were not going to win that game. Um, so yeah, I think it's fitting. Um, so yeah, I think he'll be pleased. He'll be very happy with it. Um, and yeah, I'm very, I was very excited because he's texting me through the whole, that whole game being like, how could I win with my fifth string? I said, it's football, buddy. Why would you make the bet? Like, that's what's going through my mind. Like, how did, like, he was a decided under, the 49ers were a decided underdog going into that game. Like, I'm just surprised that you got him to agree to those terms. Like, he brought it up. Well, and he, he was sh- like, he, he texted me. He was very drunk during that game. So. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he was. He, I, I mean, he was, he, he was, he took, it was a good sport. He took it on the chin. He said, yeah. hey. Uh, I, you know, a bet's a bet. Uh, as long as we get an XL T-shirt, I will say that's fine. We're good to go. Yeah. So he's. Uh, I th- I don't know if I want him to. W- I think he's gonna have to wear it on Saturday. Where are you? Ru- when so, you? When? When? When's your T-shirt day? So we're still trying to do the dinner bet on Friday. So I was gonna wear it to dinner, and I was gonna wear. I'm gonna wear like a uh, a blazer over it. Okay. But like it'll still be showing, obviously. It'll, I, I presume it'll be the same color. Or like I presume the shirt he's buying is either white or black, with the alternate being the lettering. So like, okay. just wear because we're. I mean, if we're going to a nice dinner, like I'm not gonna walk in like a t-shirt. So like, that's uh, another thing that I think actually Rob and I should probably decide for Friday evening because I know he's getting in a bit later. Um, but I'm thinking going into Phoenix 
um, or even like the area around us and, and going to a nice steakhouse. But um, a couple of people did ask like if they can come too, and obviously the answer is yes. Um, I'm hopeful that folks who aren't able to attend, who were part of the dinner bet, are willing to pay up. And I did, and Johnny did reach out um, and just advise that that he would pay for his portion of the dinner bet um, bill. Uh, so. Yeah, so that's that's kind of my plan. I'm probably either gonna buy something for the WBC um, or bring something for the WBC. Um, yeah, for, what for the US. That game? Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I've got all this like US men's national team stuff for the sock for soccer um, that I could wear, um, but they just came out with like their merch. Um, so like, if people want to check that out, like you probably buy it in advance or get it at the shop the day of the game, but. Um, some of it's pretty pretty nice. I don't really know quite yet what I'm gonna what I'm gonna bring because like just in case it's unseasonably cold in Arizona, like I might want to have like a long sleeve or like buy a long sleeve there. Um, but hopefully it'll be like I don't know like eighty at least um, while we're there. Well, I've heard it, that they like had it in like fifty, sixties. It's been unseasonably cool, but that's I think a month ahead. Of, you know, yeah, we're going into months. I think it should get back to that seventies, eighties. Yeah, you know, temp that we're used to. I that mean, it was we pretty warm when we went a couple years ago. Granted, that was probably closer to the end of the month than or the middle when we're going now, but it should still be pretty warm. Um, so we'll see. I'm debating whether or not to buy. Uh, some of the, some of the merchandise that they got, but I, I like the style. Um, I don't really like the hat as much, but um, there's some there's some cool stuff on their website and then baseballism. dot com. If you've ever been to that site, they've got some stuff as well. Um, so something to take a look at if you're looking to get stuff before um, heading out to Arizona. Um, but getting back to the football uh, in the other conference, unfortunately, my Bengals did not beat the Chiefs, um, which was unfortunate because I thought this was the probably the best Bengals team I've ever seen in my life. Um, but, you know, they, they ran up against the Chiefs, and, you know, it's hard to beat a team four times in 13 months. And, you know, they I didn't feel like they deserved to win the game, uh, but they, they definitely made it closer than I thought it was going to be at halftime. Um, so we'll see what happens in the future with them. Um, but it does set up a really interesting Super Bowl with Travis Kelsey playing against his brother, um, Jason Kelsey, who plays on the Eagles. Um, and I've been kind of watching, listening to the New Heights podcast that they have. And it's I have to say, it's really funny uh, listening to them go back and forth at each other. Like they're, It feels like they're just like very... Um, honest and authentic um, with what goes on week to week in the NFL, um, and you know I, I highly recommend checking out that podcast if you're if you're looking for some some entertainment on football, but also provide providing some insight um, that you might enjoy as well. Um, and, and they do have a, a kind of a Cincinnati connection. They both went to the University of Cincinnati for college, so um, you know it was interesting to to listen to Travis Kelsey after he uh, he tore the mayor a new one in his post game speech. Uh, but uh it was uh yeah but it's been been very entertaining so i i definitely give a, a recommended shot there um but what is uh what would you anticipate happening this sunday in the game so i mean it's Mahomes, and well one what's that high ankle sprain gonna be like can he plan on that can he go off of that so i'm 
I'm cautious optimistic that that'll probably be either rehabbed or super taped up so he'll go um, like full speed, obviously. But if we can contain him and limit those those little dump-off shovel passes when he scrambles out and just kind of flicks it forward, mm-hmm. I think we have a good chance. I mean, I think our defense is a lot better than most defenses they've faced. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just I'm worried about the little nuancy crap that he does. The no looks, the shovels to the to the running backs. Um, and I don't think we've faced a quarterback like that. I don't think we've faced an offense like the Kansas City Chiefs. But I think our defense is better. Defense wins championships. So obviously I'm rooting for the Eagles. If we can contain and if we can get a sign Riddick and get pressure on him early in the game, I think that'll throw off his rhythm and our D-line will, will do the rest. So I think it's got to be pressure early, keep him contained, and limit the little stupid dump-off passes. Because I think our – I mean, our corners are good. I mean, we got we got, we got got Slay on the one side um, and our middle linebackers. I mean, we got Brandon Graham right there who will just be in your face in yeah. two seconds as well too. So I, I'm – you know, it was kind of like how I went in there with – when it was against the Patriots, like it's, which was a great game. That was a phenomenal game, and you know, I did. I was in Minnesota that week. I was in Minnesota that weekend. Didn't buy tickets. Um, even got the uh, you know, the stamp of approval from the now wife saying we you know we've got the cash. I'll spend it. I said, honey, I would spend that in a heartbeat if it was any other team but the Patriots because I could not live with myself dropping t- ten to fourteen grand for two tickets in the upper spaceship to watch them lose. <laughs> Yeah. Which is what they were going for. Yeah. Um, we're obviously not making the trip this time, but it's like, I wish I wish it was eagles Bengals. i feel a lot better about it. Um, mainly, we could we could have our bet. Like, I was going to double down and you know, do a shame bet with you. Uh-huh. So I could have two pink tees in, in Scott's in, oh in Arizona. Like, that would have been phenomenal I wouldn't even need me. to pack anything. I know. <laughs> Everyone's just bringing you shame bet shirts. I'm just going to bring that, my that crown. perfect for you. Yeah, bring your blazer and some underwear, and you're good to go, pal. Like, everyone's going to provide you with a wardrobe. Um, but it's Mahomes. It's Andy Reid. Um, two veteran, I mean, two vets, two stars that anything could happen. So I'm cautious optimistic. I'm watching it at home with the family. We've got food ordered. No, you know, we're going to watch it. Everyone's wearing green. I have the same shirt that I've worn for the last three games. I haven't washed it. It's my Good Luck Eagles t-shirt. So we are... Uh, we're set. I think. I think. I think it'll be Eagles. I think it'll be Eagles by a field goal. I think it'll come down to a field goal. Jake Elliott and I love Jake Elliott. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really close game. I think it has a, a real opportunity to be like one of the ten best Super Bowls ever. Um, yeah. Just with the two teams, like I, I, like I have a, I still have affection for Jalen Hurts because he was the quarterback that I had before I left the league. Um, so like, I, I still root for him. Um, I hope he is up for the moment. I think that's one of the the biggest things um, mm-hmm. for for that team for the Eagles, because um, I, I I do think they're I I do think they're the better team overall, and I expect them to win. And it wouldn't surprise me if you're absolutely right in that it's a field goal victory. Um, but I'm hoping it's like a 35-32 score at the end. Yeah. I've already got a couple hundred bucks in prop bets um, and well regular. Bets and they're kind of all over the place. Like most of my player bets are kind of pro Eagles, but like in terms of on the game, like just getting better lines on the Chiefs. So um, 
But ultimately, I don't really care. I just want to be entertained and come out profitable for the game. Um, so uh, that's that's where I'm at. Um, so and, and there should be. I, I know some of you kind of dabble in betting, but there should be some really good promotions uh, this week um, with the Super Bowl. So if you're into picking up some some easy cash, I would I would look out for those. Obviously, probably the most notable one is the. Gronkowski kick for glory, or he's kicking a field goal at halftime. Um, I don't know how great that promotion is, but like, you're probably gonna make fifteen bucks. But like, they've done better. They've done other bets in the past where like, you know, if IU covers the spread by fifty, you know, you you win all your 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 bet, you know, up to like fifty dollars. So like, I think there'll be a couple couple more like that. Um, if uh, if you're looking to make things interesting as a neutral. Um, in this game, what'd you put on for the over under for the national anthem? It's going to be drawn out by like two minutes and forty seconds, or I can't I can't remember the exact time. But did you go? Are you going I, over under? I haven't I haven't bet that yet. I probably okay. will just because I I know I have in the past and like the way that I I bet now is a little different. I don't know that I, I would do that sort of prop. But like generally speaking, it's always gone over if I recall. Yes. Like yes, it's almost always. Wow. So I don't know what the historical data is on like what the line's been set out of, like, some of the books have gotten smarter. But, like, the books are always competing against the other books. So, like, you could probably find, you know, whatever the the best line is and, and put your money down there. That would be probably my recommendation. Um, but I haven't looked at the kind of the fun, fun bets, um, yeah. if you will. Um, the, the other one that I always loved was the color of Gatorade. Yes. That's, That's a fun That's one. That's a solid one. Yeah. Yes. There's some weird ones out there. Like someone was putting like a something out there that like Tom Cruise is gonna jump out of an airplane onto the field like at halftime is like part of the show with like uh, Mission Impossible coming. Oh yeah. yeah. So like I mean I'm sure he would do it, um, but yeah that stuff's always just kind of fun to if even if you're not gonna bet on just read about. Um, so let's. Let's transition because we have a lot of trades to cover in about 15 minutes. But, um, you know, one of the things that you and I were discussing this week um, before the show started was, you know, especially it being kind of a colder month, you're probably inside, you're probably, you know, watching TV. Um, and you and I, I don't feel like have a lot of crossover in terms of the television shows that we watch. There's probably a couple. Um, but, like, I've already talked about Succession on this podcast um, but you mentioned a show that I have been interested in watching, and I, I just haven't gotten to it yet, but it's the Formula One series on Netflix. Um, and, I would, yeah, if you could just kind of, like, take us into, like, kind of what the hook is um, for that show, because it's a couple seasons in now, isn't it? It is. It's coming up on season five. five yeah, season five. There's – or is it six? I can't remember. But I'll be, I'll be the first to say I got hooked on – I saw it come through. I watched the first episode of season two. Um, and then I realized I was a season ahead. I went back to the very beginning and started watching it. I mean, I think what I like the most about it is that you, you hear about Formula One, it's over in Europe. You don't really know that. Um, but when you watch the show, this isn't a show that's, that's – it's all about the racing. And I don't think people – I think in America, all we know is racing is left turns in NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I think that is – that is just like a stigma or stereotype around like racing over racing here, racing over there is completely different because it's not, 
it's two totally different things. You have to separate it. And what Drive to Survive does is it takes you behind the curtain, and I think it gives you more access to not only the team dynamic because there's actually two races. There's two different types of championships going on in a Formula One series. So you get to see the team aspect of it, then you get to see the individual aspect of it because there's actually two different, call it titles, if you will. So you mm-hmm. get that from this perspective. So you see the drama between the two drivers, but you also see how the layers of there's Formula Two, Formula Three. There's these you have these ancillary you call them leagues or call them divisions, and then you, you work your way up. What I also think is great too is just. The technology, the money that's involved in this, and the places they get to go, mm-hmm. I don't think as Americans we get access. We just think it's overseas. But if you actually watch this show, it takes you into the different countries. They go to like Bahrain, they go to Dubai, they go to Switzerland, they go to, I think there's two races in in England. You go to Spain. So you're, you're, you're taken on a tour of mm-hmm. Europe, you go down to Australia, you go down to some, you know, Japan, China, those types of places. Um, and it's not like the frou-frou drama, it's all about the racing. It's the competition between this um, this team hates this team and why. Um, it's not like there's no like petty drama, it's purely racing, it's, it's entertaining, they're funny, but at the end of the day, like, you get to see all access, you I mean, at one point they show like, you know, someone dies or like, people are engulfed in flames. So there is this like true legitimate aspect of it. It's not sugar-coated. It's there for you to see. And I think it's, it's raw, which we don't have. Like, that's what drew me into it and why I like, stayed loyal to this show for so long. So that's cool. my pitch. Um, I think for you, it's something that's over in Europe. You love Europe. So I think it'd be it, you know, right up your alley to watch as well, too. Yeah, well, it's interesting while you're speaking, like, kind of where my head went was, I mean, another show that's done really well is Welcome to Wrexham, which obviously there's, you know, uh, Rob McAnally and uh, Ryan Reynolds who purchased a, an English club there, um, yeah. and they, it's a documentary that kind of shows the behind the scenes in terms of them trying to get this team promoted, but, like, um, you know, kind of the journey and, like, kind of, I guess what you're describing is, like, maybe a little bit of, like, the internal politics that exist within the teams, um, but also, like, you know, the, the competitions that kind of exist within the tour. Um, yeah, I think that that's really fascinating. Just, you know, anytime you have, you know, a highly competitive um, situation um, that, that kind of plays out, I think it generally makes for great television. So, um, and, and I was interested because, and you're, uh, I guess, kind of a, a byproduct of this, but um, that series has created a lot of U.S. fans um, yeah. over over the past couple of years. That's what I was kind of reading when I was because I, I heard a couple people mention um, the the F one, and so when you said that one, it, it definitely piqued my interest. Um, and my friend Mike, who I, we were talking about a moment ago, also went to um, I think it was actually in Montreal, but so like I think it's yeah. similar to what you see over um, over there, but like. Um, he was really into it. Um, and like, I guess there's, I, I think kind of to your point also about like kind of the left turns when you think NASCAR, like I think very much like a kind of a Southern sport. Yeah. Whereas when you're watching formula one, it just, it seems like a very, um, almost snobbish, like Euro snob sort of, um, clientele, um, from, from my uninformed eyes. Um, 
and I don't know if that's actually the case, but like, you know, you kind of mentioned the money and like, I know it's kind of absurd, like the amount of money that's, um, that they, they make. Like, I remember Michael Schumacher used to make just a ton of money. Back oh, in the I mean, day. these contracts, I mean, these, these, first of all, these, these guys, if you want to call them that, are, their prime is under 30. I mean, I think the last guy who retired was 38. And I, you know, I'll, go, I'll be watching it. I'll be on my phone. I'll Google their contracts. Like, they get five years, 50 million just uh-huh. to, you know, to race. I mean, it's a dangerous sport. Don't get me wrong. And they could be moved down. They could be jockey. You know, they're, it's almost like a, they're the star pitcher. They get hurt. They're down. It's the, uh, the team principal is called, you know, the captain of the team. He's the manager, the GM, you know, related back to baseball. The team principal has to make the, he has to not only worry about his investors, the sponsors, but also the product that he's putting out there too. So if his driver, who he loves, is not putting up the numbers or not getting in and not backing up their A driver, then he's got to shuffle down, and it's all—it's purely based on that too. Um, so I think in that aspect, it's just interesting, like the dynamics of how there's two racers per team. There's usually an A racer and an A one racer, but how do they each help each other out to win? And to your point, yeah, it's. It's it's a I think it's a window into like that sport because it's very popular over there. I could see it being parts of it being not low class, but it's definitely a very like high class, high dollar value sport. But I gotta imagine there's probably like there's a equivalent like of the pit or bleachers at some of these. But yeah, you know, I, I, I but like there's that side of it when they go to like Berlin or they go somewhere in Germany. But like the Monaco Grand Prix, they they race past the bay where there's multi-billion dollar yachts and people are being flown in on helicopters and that's just what they do yeah or the cars they drive up to these races are the ferraris the lambos the mclarens and it's just a normal day for them it's a yeah. day it's expected yeah it's, it's, that, it's insane to me that's yeah and i think it makes for great television like the the exclusivity of yes. those who consume it and get are able to get close to it are like you know the people who are you know in charge of the world, some of those are maybe not some of the greatest people, um, but also makes it far more interesting. So, excellent um, pitch. I am definitely going to check that out here at some point. Um, I've been meaning to, so um, I'll check that on time. Uh, the the show that that I am going to give a recommendation to, and I, I sent a kind of uh, tweet um, from one of my uh, favorite parts of the show, which was the Alfonso Rivas. Um, tweet a couple weeks ago, but um, the show is called The Bear um, in the States. I think it's on FX. I think it's on pretty late at night. Um, and I, I, if I'm not mistaken, it debuted um, this summer. Um, and it's a Chicago show. Um, it takes place in Chicago. Um, yeah. And, you know, what I really like about it is, is really kind of the, the intensity of the dialogue. Like, um, it's about, um, you know, a kitchen um, in Chicago, they make kind of like the, the Chicago dogs, like the Polish sausage, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and unlike like other shows, like, you know, you think about like Cheers um, or like kind of like a, a show where the, the, what's being filmed is in front of the restaurant. You know, this is really all taking place in the kitchen and it, it really has kind of an office type feel to it, but obviously very different than your traditional office like you saw in the show, The Office. Um, and like, uh, you know, just getting everything done and like the intensity of getting everything cooked and it being right, um, is, is really awesome, uh, in terms of, you know, the dialogue and just stylistically it's, 
Um, super fun to watch. It's only 30 minutes and it, it's very, very fast paced, um, which I, I really enjoy. Um, and kind of the, you know, the lead in the show is Jeremy Allen White, who um, some of you might be familiar with from another Chicago show, uh, Shameless. Um, he played the character Lip. Um, and like the show, you know, kind of really revolves around him and him kind of, you know, dealing with some of the, the struggles that he's had in his life. He's this like kind of chef prodigy, if you will, who's come back home because things didn't work out back in New York. Um, and he's inherited this restaurant. Um, and you have, you know, kind of that working class vibe where you're trying to kind of navigate through, you know, a lot of different kind of groups, um, you know, in the area. So it creates kind of a, a weird environment or like a, an interesting environment where you just have a, a bunch of different types of people coming together um, to work. Um, and his, like, just physically, he's like such a um, an interesting actor because he's got like these bugged out blue eyes and like he's super short, but he's got like that big head and he's absolutely jacked. Like, I mean, every time he comes on film, like his like muscles are just like popping out in a way that's like, but it's like real, like, you know, how sometimes you watch movies and like the, like, you know, you'll see, like, especially in like comic books, they look like they're like stenciled in. And you know, the actor doesn't really look like that, but like, yeah. this is, you know, a real, like, you know, filming kind of a, a real life situation. But like, uh, there's just a, a physicality in the way that he delivers stuff and the way that he looks that where you're just kind of like drawn in um, and people like just the way that he kind of plays off of it. Um, so uh, super, uh, good show to watch like has some some vibes to it that are kind of like, like well just because this is also a chicago show the league um probably more so shameless but um it's um i i think people will be pretty drawn um if they if they just watch the first the pilot because the pilot just jumps right in um and there is like there's a lot of there's some comic relief but for the most part it's just very intense um which makes it super compelling television so that's my recommendation um for the league um and i'm sure you can get it on demand and it, it's a quick it's a quick watch um so check it out will do and didn't he wait didn't it man he just won a, a golden globe i think for yeah it i mean it's got a lot of critical acclaim so there is some legitimacy to him not only that but i think the show in in, in general which i think is good yeah, he's. I think he's going to be end up being a, a pretty big star in the future. He's not super super old, but like I don't know. Someone was comparing him like in some ways to like a young Dustin Hoffman, um, which is an interesting comp. Like when I look at him, I kind of think of a uh, Scott Con. Um, if you remember, like Tweeter from Varsity Blues, and he's been in a bunch of shows. He was like an entourage. Well, he, was, he's been he was an entourage. In, yeah. He's got. A, he actually has a new show on Fox, which I think is an interesting play. He's been. He's been oh, he was in um, all the uh, Ocean's movies too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been around a long time. Yeah. Um, but he's a journeyman. Yes. Yeah. Doing well for himself. Always employed. Yeah. Unlike Johnny <laughs> Drama. Um, <laughs> anyway, okay. So we've made it the first fifty minutes of the podcast talking about a variety of items it's definitely been the adam witten variety hour um so let's uh let's jump into baseball and i'm going to start us off with some trade updates and and obviously the past 24 hours have been pretty wild with 
four or five trades getting done. Um, the world eagerly awaits you jumping into the market, um, which is, we'll, is it? Well, okay, and also, I don't want to. I don't want to cut you off on your riff here, but are they eagerly wait me because of the money I have, or are they actually? You know, I don't think I have. They want your I, shit, I, man. I have, yeah, <laughs> we want your money. Thing. I want your yeah, money. It's all about my money. They, they want yeah. my money. Well, you have. Let's be honest here. You are a. You were at a, a keeper deficit. I would say from a talent standpoint, I don't know if you listened to the last podcast, but I, I kind of went through every team and I, I think you have uh, some major opportunities to upgrade um, through trade in the off season, if that's what you choose to do. Um, but like, I don't know, I have the keeper tool open right now, but like if I work through your roster, and we'll, we'll jump back into the trades here in a moment, like you're probably gonna keep Dansby Swanson Correct. I'll I'll guess yep. you'll end up with yep. Devin Williams. You'll keep Kevin yep. Gosman. Yep. I think you can keep friend. what? You keep going. You're three for three already. Right? I, I think you can keep Josh Bell. Like I know he struggled a bit with the Padres, but um I going. it's so small. But um I'm so glad you're I'm glad you're prepared. And then after that, my man I can throw some names on here. But you don't have anything else. And Do not, what about Harper? Harper is injured for the first half of the season. He's not gonna be in until the all-star break, and he costs thirty-one dollars. So like you're gonna get him for half a season and then you're gonna keep him for thirty-four next year? Just throw him back, you'll get him for half the price. See, I think someone will scoop them up. I, I mean, well, I yeah, I mean they I mean, there's eleven other people who might scoop him up, but like you can get him at you can restart his clock think about it this way you can restart his clock and let's say he goes for 20 well you just got 11 dollars off and you'll have him in for for 20 dollars for the next three years of his career but if you keep him at 31 or 34 that's eating up a third of your keeper budget every year okay that's a good point so i mean that that's my thought and like i mean you by the time he comes back, you're probably selling. So you're just waiting to sell him. <laughs> like, I mean, you, I, I just I just don't see how you will be successful this season with him on your roster for the first half of the year. That is what okay. I'm saying. And then Trevor okay. Story is also hurt, so that would probably be the yeah. other name. He's hurt. Um, yeah, I'm not, not taking him. He wasn't on my list. I mean, um, you could go Matt Chapman. You could go. I mean, you have some other internal options, but, like, these are the guys that you fill out your roster with at the very end. But, like, there's, in my opinion, there's absolutely no reason why you can't go, go get someone. And, like, fortunately for you, you waited out the market. So there should be some deals to be made, as we've seen over the past 24 hours. We've, we've seen, you know, market conditions plummet for a couple players. Um, but that is, that is my take on your squad. Got it. Okay. Take it or leave it. I uh, yeah I always I always appreciate your candid feedback on <laughs> my subpar fantasy baseball team that I hey I, I picked you to win the World Cup competition. Well, and, and I want to apologize for that because your team fucking you, tanked. I wouldn't have done that. I had no idea what I was doing. No, I they, had you got fucked by Latero Martinez. What'd you say? You got fucked over by Latero Martinez, if I'm not mistaken. 
Like, what your first round pick, like, basically ended up, like, not even starting. Yeah. And he had great golden uh, boot odds. But anyway, we won't go down the, the World Cup that's soccer. But I did want to apologize to you on the podcast for picking you first. Um, it really seemed to chat Rob Crabb's ass um, when I did that. So well, Listen, anytime we can chat his ass, I'm in for. So I'm all for that. Excellent. I think we're all in for that. Um, so I'm going to jump in. I'm going to run through some of the trades that I don't really care about. Um, the first one would be VJ trades Merrill Kelly to Matthew in exchange for $15. Um, I don't really like Merrill Kelly. Um, so I didn't really love this trade for Matt. Uh, and then I'll skip down a bit. Um, Matt trades Joe Ryan to Kaiser in exchange for $15. I actually do like Joe Joe Ryan um, and just would have probably kept him rather than acquiring Merrill Kelly. So those are my comments on those two trades briefly. However, there was a trade that I did like, or the, the next trade that I'm going to jump to, and that is Matt trades Michael Harris and Nestor Cortez to Jack in exchange for Zach Gallen. Um, I like this trade for both sides. Um, I thought it was good that Jack got multiple players. Michael Harris seems to be a pretty good keeper, especially if he hits atop the uh, Braves lineup. Um, and I think Nestor Cortez is um, a stalwart in our format. I think he's going to be really good. I think he'd be really happy with the results there. And I still like it for Matt because he gets Zach Gallen. And um, I think Zach Gallen's probably a top 15 pitcher in the league. Um, coming off a, a tremendous season in which I actually traded Zach Allen to Jack. Um, and I've just learned that Zach Allen and I just aren't good with each other. Um, so that's kind of my, my quick assessment of, of that trade. Adam, do you have any, any thoughts? Like, I know you've been pummeled with trades by the entire league via text. Did, were any of these names, you know, brought to your attention? Names, no. I think the. I mean, I've had Merrill Kelly on my roster before. I don't think he. That's that was a lot of money for him. So I agree with you. I think that was a horrible trade. Um, but I think the people Matt's been coming at me uh, looking for cash. Mm-hmm. So he's on my list to get back to. But I scoped his his team today, and I I've kind of dabbled in today. Um, so I need to get back to him. Vandy sent me literally like a grocery list of what he would be open to do. I think we'll get that next. Um, but yeah, those are the two. And if you. Um, hey, I just yeah. want you to know, I spent quality time putting together that poster of Kyle Schwarber together at the bar. Like, I, I, I don't remember what the app's called, but I was just like getting different pictures. Like, how can I make this visual for Adam so that he'll actually look at the fucking thing? <laughs> Well, listen, it doesn't go unnoticed. I, I appreciate the personal touch, okay? All right. That's not a yes, but we'll try to get there. Um, I don't think we have any more commentary on this trade. Um, the next trade, I've got Vandy trading Vinny Pascantino to Jack in exchange for $15. actually saw Vinny Pascantino's first hit, which was a home run in Detroit last summer. Um, so I, and I actually do think he's a pretty good player. Um, but when I saw this trade go across, I was pretty disappointed because I knew that it meant that Vandy likely had another trade worked out because, um, as I mentioned in the podcast with Vandy, his team is absolutely loaded. He really didn't even need to make trades to 
go in as, in my opinion, the unanimous favorite to win the league going into auction. Um, so when he did this, it signaled to me that he probably had an even better player um, that he was going to get, um, which we'll get to momentarily. Um, but did you have any anything no, here? I mean, Vanny's, Vanny's pretty ruthless when he sends out the, the trades. He sends them rapid fire. So, I mean, I'm yeah. looking at my phone right now. I mean, he sent me a couple. I haven't gotten back to him on it. But, yeah, I mean, he's pretty maniacal with, with his trades. And I always feel like... I always feel like he's either one step ahead, and that's good for him on like what he wants to do. So I don't think he's ever going to keep what I would give to him. He's always going to try to then flip that for something bigger, which I, you know, looks like he did. So. Yeah, I mean, he he moved some money around to to make it work for him. Uh, but we'll get there yeah. after this next trade, which was a, a really interesting trade. Um, Kaiser trades Luis Robert. Um, it's not Robert, as far as I know. I know that goes back and forth with a lot of commentators. Uh, and $30 to Crab in exchange for Luis Castillo. Um, I generally like this trade for both sides. Um, I'm, I'm generally always favorable to whoever gets the pitcher. So, um, you know, I had told Tom that his team was super hitting heavy. Um, so I thought this is a really good trade to acquire Luis Castillo, who had a fantastic year after being traded to the Reds, to the Mariners. Um, it's a great ballpark to pitch in. Um, and I don't really see any reason why he can't be a top 15 to top 10 pitcher um, in the American League next year. Um, he's going to eat up a ton of innings. They're going to rely on him. Um, and, yeah, I, I just think I, – I just thought it was, a, it was a really good move for Tom. He gets rid of Luis Robert, who has been, you know, for as talented as he is, um, has really left a lot to be desired in terms of his scoring output. Um and, you know, for Rob, he couldn't keep Lois Castillo, so he gets a quality player and some cash in return. So I, I thought overall it was a really good exchange for, for both sides. Because, you know, Rob's pretty – I'm looking at what he had cash-wise. So he's been trying to move a couple players through me as well too. Um, he's been complaining yeah. about it. Yeah, he has. I just don't want the player that he wants. I just don't think the guy's going to be healthy even though he's got – This is, I presume this is Carlos Correa. Yes, I don't want anything to do with that guy. <laughs> it was so funny that Carlos Correa got included in that deal at the very beginning of the winter, but um, yeah, I think that's I think Carlos Correa is a challenging sell, oddly, even though he just got a ton of money. However, two teams, you know, after he went through the physical, he got dropped by two teams because of the physical. Yeah. So if if the major leagues are not going to pay me. I don't know why the third team paid him the money that he did. Cool, whatever. But well, it was the team that he was just money. with. And he actually did make it through the season. Like, actually, like, I don't know. He's such a weird, it's such a weird player because he's very talented, but, like. He can't uh, stay healthy. It, yeah, it, I mean, you, you pretty much do count on him being out for six weeks every year. Um, yeah. or, he's, or he's dealing with some naggy injury. It's just, he is just kind of an annoying player roster. Yeah, um, and that's why I, I don't want, I mean, for my limited knowledge of baseball, I just did a simple Google search on Carlos Correa. I knew who he was. I knew that two teams passed on him, and he actually got paid less. And I was like, why did they pass? He didn't pass physical. I don't think I have that. That I don't. I don't have that luxury. I, I need some some healthier players than this guy, especially for the amount of money Rob will probably want for him. I'm like, no, sorry, Rob. All right. Well, the next trade that we alluded to, and this is the trade that. 
Yeah. Uh, I was really, really good for Vandy was Vanderpool trades Shady Martinez, Josh Hader, and $10 to Tim in exchange for you, Darvish. And I kind of get why Tim did this um, because I, I think he's trying to squeeze in as many players as possible. It, my commentary on this is I don't know that J.D. Martinez is even going to make it through the entire year on the Dodgers. Um, I He is projected that, to actually have a pretty good season, but like you can see where he's very clearly on the back end of his career. Um, and Josh Hader doesn't do a whole heck of a lot for me. Like I, I don't know if people are forgetting. Like Josh Hader was like basically dropped out of the closer role for like the majority yeah. of the Padres season. And then he, he got it all fixed at the very end, which is great. If it's, if it's good, Josh Hader, that's great. But like the other thing, you know, that when we think about Josh Hader is like when he came in the league, he was a multi inning reliever that was racking up holds and saves. And now he's pretty much just a one inning guy. So like, I just don't see him being what he was in that one season. I think it was like 2019 or something like that um, to, to really merit a trade or you Darvish, who had a tremendous season last year, will probably have a tremendous season again this year. Um, and we gave him to Scott Vanderpool, who was already kind of on a trajectory to win the league. Um, so, like, I, I didn't like this trade. I, I didn't like this trade for Tim. I loved it for Vandy. Um, pretty much completed his roster. I don't really know how much better his roster could get at this point because of how important starting pitching is. Um, you know, he goes in the presumptive number one, which I'm going to just continue to elaborate on um, for these next few trades as well. Um, cause some of these trades did actually impact Vanderpool's standing, in my opinion. Um, but any any thoughts here? I mean, I. Having seen you, Darvis, last year against the Phillies, I think he's probably at least a solid, solid bet this year. Um, but I also agree we, we face Josh Josh Hader as well too, and he, you're right, one inning and done. So like, what's the value long term for, for him if it's not going to get the points or the saves that he needs? So, completely agree. I mean, he's cheap. Get it? I mean, there's value. It's not like he's. You're not going to look at Josh Hader and be like, oh, that's that's terrible. But like. When you're changing you Darvish, like I just I don't love it. Or I'd like more cash to be involved. Like I there there should be like another thirty five dollars included in this deal, in my opinion. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, it's interesting that Tim let him go for for ten. Usually yeah. he's a little more ruthless than that. Yeah, and part of it, I'm glad you mentioned that. I think part of it was at this point in time, I could see where Tim maybe got a little impatient with the market because all of these other deals or going on, like we haven't even talked about, or we talked on the last podcast, the Robbie Ray and Urias deal. We talked about the Joe Musgrove deal. Um, There's another deal that Matt was involved in. So like there had been a lot of deals that had taken place and Tim got kind of uh, blocked out of the deal that, of of where uh, Vandy acquired, or Habby acquired um, Acuna. And we know that Betts, was the other option in that deal, which would have really kind of changed the complexion, I think, of Tim's offseason um, if if Andrew had went that way. Um, so, yeah, I just, it looked like a panic deal to me um, when this went down, and I was, I was not happy. 
um, to say the least, when I saw it ha- when I saw it go down. This was several weeks ago now. Yeah. Next trade. Johnny trades mm-hmm. Logan Webb to Kaiser exchange for Wander Franco, Tommy Edmond, and thirty dollars. Um, I've gone first the past couple times. What What are your thoughts here? It's a lot of money. You think I so? Mean, yeah, I mean, I would, I would think. I mean, I get you know. The even players 10 10 keeper but the 30 i thought that should be more like 15 or 20 i'm being honest okay all right Fair that's enough. a first pass just seeing this yeah um, well i asked for your opinion and <laughs> maybe it's the, an over, the, maybe it's the, an the best part I think of this league in my opinion is the diver- divergence of opinions um which happens almost any time a trade goes down in the league i thought this was pretty fair for both sides um logan webb is a really good pitcher. I don't know that he's really an ace, but he's probably a top 25 pitcher, especially in the format. Um, pitches in a big ballpark. Um, you know, Johnny in return gets some cash, which he needed. And, you know, $30 is a nice chunk of change in it. Like, Johnny doesn't have, didn't have a lot of money at this point, so, like, it gives him some breathing room. He also gets Wander Franco back, who is, you know, was the number one prospect in baseball um, a little over a year ago. Um, you know, we're all just kind of waiting for him to take off and be one of the top players in baseball. I don't really have an opinion about Tommy Edmond. He's either going to have value hitting leadoff or he's going to have absolutely no value because he's going to hit ninth for the Cardinals. Um, so I thought this was a fine trade for both sides. Um, I like it for Tom. It makes sense for Johnny. Um, just a good nitpick. Everyone likes to nick, nitpick on the dollar amounts. Um, yeah. But I thought it was probably about right um, for my eyes. But anyway, so let's get into these trades that happened last night and today. So yeah, I'm just seeing these for the first time. Okay, let's go for it. VJ trade Shane Bieber to Jack in exchange for Jonathan India and Mackenzie Gore and forty dollars. You you go first again. With just seeing this right now, um, I mean, let's see here. Looking at what, I mean, okay. Good on VJ for for collecting dollars because I'm looking at where he started at, where he's second on the, you know, from the bottom. So I love the $40 pickup. Um, I'll be honest, I don't know much about Mackenzie Gore. So I'd say good on for VJ. Um, Usually, in the way I, you know, working with Jack in the past, he's pretty fair. So, um, again, I didn't think Jack would give up forty bucks, but maybe he sees something that I don't, which is probably the case because Jack's a lot smarter than me. So, I'll give it to him. Well, I don't want to say he's a lot smarter. I I thought this was one of the worst deals of the off season. So, <laughs> Ch- Shane Bieber, in my opinion, like I so I'm a, I'm obviously a nerd with this stuff. I built out an off-season pitcher trade calculator based on yeah. prior history of the league. Shane Bieber should go for $90 on his own. Like, do you remember the Kevin Gosman trade you made with Jack last year? This oh, is, I do. This is essentially the exact same trade. 
This is almost verbatim. The only difference, in fact, is that Shane Bieber is cheaper than Kevin Gosman. And Shane Bieber is younger than Kevin Gosman. But for some reason, he's only going for 40 here. And, you know, Jonathan India, like, he's a red, but, like, he's fine. Like, second base sucks. So, like, if you want to fill in with Jonathan India, that's fine. And the reason you don't know who Mackenzie Gore is, because Mackenzie Gore sucks. So, <laughs> yeah, there's a good reason. Like, he... Okay, do you know what team Mackenzie Gore on, M- Mackenzie Gore is on right now? I mean, this is going to come to a shock to everyone like that, but no, I have no idea what team this guy plays. So, so Mackenzie Gore was like was included in the Juan Soto deal from San Diego to the Washington Nationals. So he's going to be pitching for one of the worst teams in baseball next year, and he's not particularly good. The reason we keep talking about Mackenzie Gore in this league is because at one point he was a top five pit prospect in baseball. And then shit hit the fan and he's like, like maybe he'll be a fourth starter in a couple years. But he just, I, he shouldn't even be kept, like, is the thing. Like, he probably shouldn't even be nominated at auction. But here he's being included in trade. So, um, yeah. Shane Bieber should have went for a lot more money. This is in response. This is just market dynamics punishing VJ for being a hard ass with his trade demands, and Jack being smart enough to wait it out and understand that VJ had to cave at some point, um, especially because you couldn't come into market. Like part of this actually does have to do with you because Shane Bieber could very easily be on your team right now, and like VJ could have played the two of you against each other. But Jack's the only game in town. Well, seemingly, and uh, basically just pummeled VJ, you know, down to forty dollars. So I thought this was the worst trade of the off season um, to date, um, and many of you pointed this out immediately after it happened. Um, but we love VJ, and most of us feel bad that VJ was put in this situation. Um, but at the same time, he does bear some of the responsibility. So. Love you, buddy, but this is a bad trade. Moving on. This is an interesting trade. Yeah, and this trade... So, here's... I was just writing up the, the auction review... Or, not the auction review, the off-season review. This is an interesting trade for a number of reasons. I'm going to just continue talking about VJ. If VJ had done this trade without doing the trade right before, the trade that occurred last night, I would be very, like... I'd be pretty pleased with this because in a vacuum, I think this is a very fair trade of Habby trading $40, Jack Flaherty, and George Kirby to VJ in exchange for Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker being, you know, the centerpiece of the deal, top five outfielder. You know, Habby completes his trifecta, his outfield of dreams between Soto Acuna and Tucker now. Um, but he does part with $40, Flaherty, who's I think he was a fringe keeper in my view, but he gets but VJ gets George Kirby, who is a legitimately good pitcher, who is young, who is cheap. This is exactly the type of trade that VJ needed to make this offseason. Just wish he had done it without the trade that happened just a moment ago. Um, so I, I'm really high on Kirby. Um, I've mentioned that um, I, in a vacuum. This is a, a good trade for for both sides. Um, What's your take here? Do you think VJ, I mean, to make up for the 40 that he lost, do you think 
he's I mean, I hopefully he started higher and, and have you just beat him down to forty. I mean, I love Kyle Tucker. I mean, I respect Kyle Tucker, even though he essentially just beat the Phillies in the World <laughs> Series last year. Which, yep. fuck you, Kyle Tucker, but he's a good player, so I'll respect him on that regard. It's interesting for me to see to Tahabi being Tahabi and the premium that we all placed on starting pitch to give him two pitchers for one. Like We haven't seen that done by Tahabi and 40 bucks. I think you're right. It's a great – it's an even trade. I don't know if Habby should have given up two pitchers and 40 bucks. I think there might have been a little bit of bullying or I think it was just like, okay, are we doing this or not type deal. You know, it just got to the point where like sides weren't going to bat down either one. So it's interesting for me to see Habby give up two starting pitchers and money. Normally he would give up one starting pitcher, then hike up more cash, or two and no cash in my experience with him. So this was interesting for me. Yeah, I think – I think especially, well, the the, I think part of this this deal probably was done in part because the the feedback that VJ received was he left money on the table with the Bieber deal, and I reached yeah. out to VJ and I also connected about possible like kind of discussing the workings of a, of a possible Tucker deal, um, which he didn't. I would I would have not given him any cash, which I think is a, probably a deal breaker for BJ. My my deal would have been just players, um, but I, from Habby's standpoint, I don't think there was a chance in how Habby was going to keep Jack Flaherty. So Jack Flaherty just got tossed into this deal, in my opinion. He's a total lottery ticket. He hasn't been healthy in a couple years. If he's healthy, he's pretty good, um, but he just hasn't been healthy. So like, I I don't think. Andrew had any issues parting with him, especially after basically tanking um, in some some ways his seasons the past couple of years. Um, I'm sure Kirby was a little bit more difficult to, to part with, um, but the you know again he completes a dream outfield. He will have unquestionably the best outfield going leaving the auction. Doesn't really matter what happens in auction. He's he's going to have the best one, um, even if. Vandy were to get Judge and Trout, which I, I think is pretty unlikely, um, Habby's going to have the best outfield, which is fine. I, I think mm-hmm. from my standpoint, and I've liked, in like, and I keep using the phrase, in a, in a vacuum, I, I've liked most of the trades that Andrew's made. However, I do have kind of some reservations about the structure of his, of his keepers. He now is going to end up with three starting pitchers and three outfielders. Um, and he, you know, his, he's got a stud in Strider, he's got Logan Gilbert, and he's got, who is the other one? Why can't I think of his name? Um, what was that? Oh, Max Freed. Okay. So he's got them. They're really good, but there there is a lot of volatility, I think, with particularly Spencer Strider. He's either going to be a top four pitcher in baseball this year, or he's going to get hurt. Like, I just, like, he's a two-pitch guy as well. So, like, I, I I would gladly take him. He's arguably the most valuable player in our league right now. I mean, last year it was uh, Shane McClanahan, and, and I think this year, you know, it, it is Spencer Strider. But, you know, there's, I, I just think Andrew has put himself in a situation where, he might struggle to acquire pitching at auction because the other thing, and this was the part that I really wanted to get to, was the fact that Andrew just traded $40 away gives 
right now between him and Vandy, a $127 delta between him, so between Vandy and Andrew. So Vandy being number one, Habby being number two. $127 is not that far away from what you paid for Garrett Cole last year at $135. So given that Garrett Cole's or Corbin Bones, I mean, they're basically the same player to me at this point in terms of like how I value them. We're basically just going to be giving Vandy, Corbin Burns, or Garrett Cole and then after that, after that, he comes off the board for whatever that is, then Vandy can go right back into battle and possibly just go get, you know, whichever one is still available, which then leaves Andrew to take Max Scherzer. And then after Max Scherzer, it gets really shitty after that in terms of pitching. So like my concern is, is that Andrew's going to end up with a super sexy offensive team going to look a lot like last year's VJ team or Tim's team the year before that. And I just don't know that it's going to have the horsepower to compete with Vandy, but it will be a playoff team. Um, but I, I think in terms of championship, I, I think the way he's structuring this team is, could, is, is less likely after this deal, I should say. So that's my take. Yeah, the dollars between Hattie and Vandy, I think, is an interesting call out. Because you got to imagine. Well, and I was looking. Not, not to cut you off, but once Vandy gets whichever one of those pitchers, he, he, say he ends up with 330, he's then competing with Vandy, with Jack, and with you, basically, for the other one. Like, yeah. you were in a similar that's situation. Kind of, that's, what I was gonna, I, that's what I was getting to, was I, I mean, no one's going to touch... Whatever he's outfitting on for that, for, for who, if it is going to be Corbin or if it is going to be Garrett Cole, I think then the next person, then the, it goes from one to four, and he can still compete in that realm as well, too. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be fascinating to see if Scott is willing, how, how far is Scott willing to go for that? Because, like, Scott's also in a position where, he, in my opinion, he has too much money. And we've seen a lot of people with that much that much money not be able to spend all of it. So my guess is the league collectively, specifically Habby, Jack, and you, are going to be able to bid uh, Cole or Burns up pretty high. And I'm just kind of curious to see if Vandy has the stomach to hang in there and take a Garrett Cole for 160 because it's really hard to get that money allocated. Um, if he doesn't, he has to, he almost has to take one or the other because there just aren't players who are going to go for that much because people just don't have the money. So like it would, uh, like, I, I'll be very interested to see what the auction dynamic is, um, when Burns or Cole is nominated. And that's presuming that, um, you know, someone like judge who might probably will get tossed back. Isn't, doesn't go for an exorbitant amount of money. He's probably the most interesting player to get thrown back in a while. Um, that he does. But yeah, uh, so that, that trade, that Kyle Tucker, Tucker trade has, is going to have a massive impact on the auction, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And it's last one, Lucas Giolito. Yes. So William trades Lucas Giolito to Johnny in exchange for $25. Um, take the lead on this one. 
Uh, I didn't really expect Lucas Giolito to be kept um, coming off of a really an atrocious season. Um, in terms of his results, he actually, like if you look at the underlying numbers, his numbers weren't as awful as his um, 4.9 ERA suggests. Um, and it sounds like he was hurt for pretty much the entirety of the 2022 season. Um, so he was actually going to be a target of mine um, if he had been thrown back. I just think the question is, had he been thrown back, would he have gone for less money? I have no idea. Um, but I didn't expect him to be traded um, or capped. So Will, William getting $25 for this, I thought was pretty good. Um, Johnny must really like um, Luke Giolito or has another deal in mind because um, the after he had acquired quite a bit of money in getting over, you know, the $90, which actually you need to get much more than $90 to like truly keep everyone. Um, you know, he's at, he's at 108 now. So I'm curious to see what other moves Johnny may have before the end of the season. I would kind of be surprised if he didn't throw a Jacob deGrom at you, but I, I it also wouldn't be surprising if Johnny's made the decision to keep Jacob deGrom with the idea that he will sell him in season because he'll be able to get more money that way. Yeah, I could. I don't see, knowing Johnny, I could see the... Oh, shit. Jail. I could see him. I could see. I could see him taking. I, this is where I see this going. He needed this to package another one like a Degrom to get a sixty-five to get some type of dollar play, to versus just like oh, ideal Degrom for another twenty-five bucks. I could see him packaging this up with a Degrom to get above, you know, to get up to get up into the one eighty. 175 or even like 150 or I know 175 range just kind of given your point of like the money he needs to have so knowing how Johnny likes to package deals do package deals especially with, with pitching or just you know package them to get a more to get more cash from the recipient I can see him doing that yeah I mean it's I I I, I think it's just meeting Johnny's price and if there's one thing that, that John Gapple is is good at it is getting full value in his trades. I mean, he has definitely done that again and again, particularly in off seasons. Um, so yeah, so that wraps up um, all the trades that have gone down since the last podcast, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we kind of talked about it at the very beginning of the baseball section, but yeah. you currently sit at $298, a very healthy amount. You're basically, you know, you just look at um, you know the table your your upper middle class you're, you're not quite uh, boardwalk with Vandy but you know you're, you're not that far below Jack and Andrew and and you're still you know 30 or forty dollars above myself Rob and and, and will um, you know do you do you expect to spend some money and maybe come down to the to the Sean Rob realm of things or you know what is your plan because I, I think in the in the initial podcast in January, I think my plan for you would have actually been to sell everyone and then rebuy. But I don't think that's really possible now. So I'm kind of curious what your strategy. I mean, I def I'm not. How do I want to say this? I'm not selling. I'm not. I'm not pressing the, you know, the reset button. I will be keeping some players. I think I have some good low value 
low dollar value, high potential players. So I think I can, um, I can definitely have some good value for some of the players that I have, given kind of where they're at for this year. I'm still on the fence of Harper, which is why I brought it up to you. Um, but if I could, I'm either on the fence of Harper just because you know I do like Harper, but the injury does play a, th- a factor in this. I would almost want to go out and try to find one more pitcher, starting pitcher, to have at least some type of firepower going in pre-auction. Mm-hmm. So that may drop that may drop me down to below Will into the the Sean Crabby realm, but. By not keeping Harper, that frees me up to, you know, make that trade. So that's where I see myself making a trade will be for another starting pitcher. Is where I'm trying to target at right now. Gotcha. Whale, I know, I know. VJ is looking for money, <laughs> and he's still got a couple guys. And Matt Nicewinger still has a couple guys. Matt is Matt's looking for money. DJ's looking for money. Johnny's looking for money. Um, I don't know about maybe Timmy, but I doubt Timmy would want to give up any pitching. So Timmy's got a lot of guys to deal from. He has uh, he has an interesting roster. He could I the way I've worked that out is he could conceivably keep fifteen players under nine under under the ninety dollar cap, and then he could you know go go ham on just a couple with the 104 he'll have remaining um, and, and spice it up. Because, I mean, the, the players that he's got, they're, like, not really superstars, but they're they're kind of, like, solid regular types. And then he's got some pitching yeah. that has some upside for sure. Um, so, you know, if you throw the right dollar amount at him, I mean, let's just bring up Tim's roster real quick. He's got – let's just look at the, the pitchers. He's got Aaron Ashby, who's going to be out for a little while. Um, he's got Christian Javier, who is definitely the off-season darling for pitchers this year. He's got Jesus Lazardo, who had a good season, but he was injured a lot last year. Um, you could go by Josh Hader, the uh, much maligned Josh Hader on this podcast. Um, you could buy... Eh, probably not going to keep Lewis Pest. No. Good luck getting Shane McClanahan. Maybe... Tyler Anderson, you go get Ty Lord McGill, um, super hot in some circles. Uh, your old pal Ross Stripling, pass. <laughs> um, pass. Let's see. So he's got some guys. Another player, I don't think he'll part with them. He's got Bobby Wade Jr., who I was absolutely convinced Andrew would buy at the beginning of the offseason, and that absolutely did not happen. Um, the other kind of sleeper-ish, Willie Adamas, um, as well, who's very cheap. But, like, you can go through and, I mean, he's got almost an entire roster full of 6 and $10 players that he can, he can go, to, go to bat with. You go get a cheap uh, Reese Hoskins if you want. Um, already dabbled there. Yeah, um, I'm gonna try to keep my Philly fandom off my roster this year. What? <laughs> you know, but what about your IU fandom with Kyle Schwarber? <laughs> I mean, I just don't understand. Like, the guy has his best season, and no one will fucking trade with me to get him. I don't understand it at all. Like, he went to IU. Hey, he just hit like seen? 40, 40 some odd bombs. He scored five hundred and forty oh. points, and like, 
No one never will like give me any money. No one. Okay. Well, never say never. You know. Now that uh, I, I would, I'd almost want to say I've uh, uh, opened Pandora's box in the 2023 season. There, there could be. Uh, I'm not going to promise anything, but now that I've you know, closed the fantasy football chapter, I've opened Pandora's box. Obviously, like the game per usual is my style. Um, Excited to see what I can do here. Start responding to some people. So I appreciate everyone who has texted me. <laughs> you know my style. It gets be- it gets answered in the fury of you know two weeks later. So um, I'm no longer definitely. offended anymore when you don't return my text messages within. That's not a series of yes. Okay, so here's my thing, and this is where I've always struggled: is how do people have time? I know you do because this is what you do. You gave up football, which. I think is is crazy, but I get it because this is this is what you do. So I respect the hell out of this and how deep you've gone into this. I struggle with the time now, and it's not even just it's it's time where it's like okay, job, family, kids, fantasy baseball. And I know for you it's like fantasy baseball, then everything else falls into line. So <laughs> I don't I don't know if that's actually true. I think Sorry, I just know how to manage, manage one A, one B, and then have football. My my job certainly comes before fantasy baseball. But like it's well, first of all, we were talking about it before the show. Like, if you're having difficulties accessing the spreadsheet that has all the functionality, it might present a barrier to working <laughs> through some of these problems um, when people propose stuff to you. Because I have this like when I'm at work, like I have two screens, so I can put one, like my work on one, and then like if I need to work through a trade proposal, I can work on, I can I work through that on the other side, and I built the damn oh, yeah. spreadsheet, so like I have a lot of agency there where I'm like very efficient, so I can make a decision like that. Whereas most people probably consult a couple of different resources before they make a decision. They probably go yeah. like. ESPN or Fangraphs or something like that and try to get, you know, what's going on with this player and then, you know, I don't know. Once you do this stuff enough, it becomes very, very easy to do the shorthand. Well, I will say this. I feel like this year I am two weeks ahead of where I was last year because I don't think I opened up Pandora's box until like mid-Feb, maybe third week of February. So I'm pretty proud of myself that I've opened it up early. Um, obviously still late to the, to the table, but there's still some, still, I feel, I still feel like there's some deals to be had here. Um, I will go on record and Robert Crab the first, I'm not taking Carlos Correa from you. So you can, I'll reply to your text message tonight and say, no, go on that. So sure, that's a firm stamp in the sand. So not doing Absolutely that. Devastated. He'll, he'll be devastated. I know. Um, but you ask about Grayson Rodriguez. Who? Grayson Rodriguez. He's very cheap. He's a rookie. He's very exciting. Hey, what's your take on uh, Zach Plesic? Should I keep him at four bucks? Plesak? Plesak, yes. I like this old man better than I like him. Um, Everybody says. Yeah, he's... I guess when he's, you he's, he's throwback. Your I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you straightforward advice. He's, he's not a guy I would keep. 
Oh, I'm not going to keep him. I'm just, just, you know, for color here. I mean, I, I think the nail in the coffin was when he took off his T-shirt aggressively and broke his thumb last year, Was I think was the injury report it's that I read. It's a good sign. I don't know if he's... I they don't know a lot of interesting important. characters coming out of that uh, that Cleveland uh, pitching uh, factory. They tend to be pretty good, but like I mean, between him and Bauer, like throwing a lot of stuff at Bauer. But Bauer, like before he got traded to the Reds, took the ball and threw it over the center field wall after giving up a bomb. Then you got my boy Ty Ty France, so I gotta thank Rob for bidding him up to eighteen bucks. So that was cool last year. Love that. I remember. Dick. I panned that Ty France purchase at you the did. time. You were, but you it were was, pissed he, when you were you were you were you were You know who I really want to have a good year, who I've I've had, I've traded, I've got back is Erod. Well that guy just do well. <laughs> He's alright. I've been on this wagon. Of literally being like, oh, this is gonna be the year. Sleeper pitcher, gonna get him. I think I traded him last, or I got him from Johnny last year in like a weird trade um, for like cheap nothing. He literally has just done nothing. Yeah, it's so annoying. He's a guy that, when he is healthy or isn't having personal issues, issue personal issues is pretty yeah. good in this format because he doesn't get punished for having a. A high whip, but he gets quality starts, so he yeah. isn't bad. Last thing I'll leave you with here is Ryan Presley and Wilson Contreras are up for taking if anyone wants to buy them from me. I know Tom loves closers, so he can. I'll deal with Tom on that. That is true. Uh, yes, so he is definitely on the table, and if anybody wants Contreras, I will. The deal will be had there with him. I'm, I have no doubt that he's going to be an elite catcher for the Cardinals. I hope so. Um, excellent. Yeah, I think we've covered everything. Is there anything that we talk that that you want to talk to? Anything let's come talk about? No, we uh, we we covered it all, man. I'm looking forward to the next couple months. Mainly the first one when we get to Arizona. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. I will shout out Dan Gower. I'm very sad he's not going to be there. Um, yeah. We've we've texted offside. He's he's sad. I'm sad. So he will be missed, brother. Um, I think we had a great time at Krabby's wedding. So that was a lot of fun. So we're hoping to roll that back in Scottsdale. Obviously, that's not gonna happen. But we will still have a blast. So I will be missing you, buddy. Um, and then your wedding. I'm pumped for your wedding. I know my tone may not say that, but it, the invitation came. I think within five minutes, Allie had the. RSVP loaded up saying, what do I want? I'm like, good, we're doing this. So like, we're, we're on top of this for you, man. So I'm very pumped for your wedding. Yeah, it should be a really good time. Um, I'm looking forward to it as well. It's going to be a lot warmer then. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, how cold is it up there right now? What are you, what are you sitting at? Actually, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad today. Uh, it got up to like 43. Oh, nice. Or about 8 centigrade. Oh, have you converted you kind of have to, because people are like, oh, yeah, it's going to get up to six this this next week. Like, Sounds cold. <laughs> Go to shit, man. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, you, you really kind of have to. You, you don't get much choice there. Um, so, yeah, it's um, – I've gotten pretty good at it, but it, it took a while. I was like, 14 degrees, is that warm or is that <laughs> – and I'm like, I mean, truly, like – I would say anything above 
18, it's pretty pleasant. And then once you get to about 22, it's pretty warm. Um, but yeah, no, <laughs> it definitely took a while. Oh, the other thing, this is interesting from like a business standpoint, is when you write like a date, you know, we write oh, yeah. like two yeah. slash eight, like 2023, and they're like eight slash two 2023. Yep. And that is really annoying because I still convert everything to the American way. And sometimes I feel like they're kind of unsure or they'll send it to me that way. I'm like, what the fuck date is this? Um, <laughs> so, like, you know, it'll be like 12, 12, 2022. And then like the next number's 27, 12. And I'm like, uh, okay. Um, yeah, you got it. But like, uh, yeah. So yeah, you, you don't really have much of a choice, especially with, the, with the temperature. Um, yeah. kilometers isn't too bad, but that's a transition as well. Less Definitely recommend changing your speedometers when you're crossing the border to, uh, kilometers to, uh, maintain, uh, speed, appropriate speed um, limit. Last question that I got for you that I know we got to go here. Um, how is your mom? How's she doing? M Marnie's great. She's enjoying Marty's the soccer. Great. Okay. Yep. She says hi to you. Okay. I'm, or that's what she would want me to say. Well, I that's you know I I just gotta always check up on Marty Murphy. Um, just gotta make sure she's okay. She's doing well. She has a special place in my heart. So, Marnie's good. Good. I'm hey, glad. Allie. <laughs> Sean says hi. By the way, <laughs> she says hi. I heard her. All right, we'll wrap this up. Thank you, Adam, for jumping on the pod. We'll see you in about a month. Uh, talk to everyone soon. Bye.